In the following live session recording, Juliana Temple, Connections Ministry Coordinator with the First Baptist Church of Jonesboro, Georgia, Roger Allen, Minister to Local Missions for the First Baptist Church of Jonesboro, Georgia, and Ricky Thrasher, State Missionary, Community Missions and Disaster Response of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, talk about serving locally with a global mind, the local missions and outreach. Reaching your community with the love of Jesus is not that hard to do. All you need to do is go. The Great Commission states that we are to go into all the nations. It all starts right here at home. This session will discuss the ways that you can reach the unchurched community and civic leaders, schools, ethnic groups, as well as the homeless and those struggling right in your area. Let's join Juliana, Roger, and Ricky now. It's good to have y'all. I'm Ricky Thrasher from the Georgia Madison Mission Board, and I'm in, right now I'm in community missions and disaster relief, or disaster response, until December 31st, and then I'm, my role is changing some because we're going to have mission guys in the field, so I won't be able to community side. I'll still be doing some things like chaplaincy, and, I'm, I'm, and they've assigned me a couple other roles that I'll be doing as I go along. Uh, instead of hearing out of me this year, I thought it'd be good to hear out since there's some practitioners and uh, Roger Allen and Juliana Temple and Josie uh, are from First Baptist Jonesboro and they got a host of things going on. And so, and I'm, they'll tell you a little bit more about themselves if they want to and they'll lead you through this time. And uh, I sat through it last week, it's, it's very good. I'm gonna slip out, it's not that I wanna hear them and take this sheet down there, downstairs. So, uh, but uh, y'all just go at it and do whatever what you need again, yeah, yeah. again uh, thank you for coming my name is Roger Allen and I had the privilege of serving at First Baptist Jonesboro where this was hosted at last week um, and uh, do local missions there at the church Juliana does community outreach there at the church but uh, we, over the uh, over the time we've both been in these roles uh, we've noticed that a lot of what we do kind of crosses paths and so when the uh, idea was floated about doing this breakout session back last January, I talked to Julian about it, and because a lot of it, what we do does cross paths, and it's something that I believe you guys uh, will enjoy. Uh, purposely, we left you a lot of white lines because we want you to take notes. And if you take one thing out of here and go back and do it, that'd be great. Uh, we're going to cover about 30 different things in about an hour and five minutes, and um, I hope if you can just take one home with you and do it well, that, that would be great. Yep, okay, so um, well, let's get started. Like you said, I'm Juliana, uh, working church, um, First Baptist Jonesboro, Director of Connections to help people get connected to our church and our church connected to the community. Um, and so, yeah, we'll just go ahead and get started. And I have a question for you guys. Is your church relevant to your community? Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines relevant as having significant and demonstrable bearing on the matter at hand. There's somewhere between 6,000 and 10,000 churches that are closing their doors every year. That's like what, 200 to 300, wait, how, what is that? what's the math, 200 to 300 a week? Um, and so that's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, now, I don't think we need to tell you guys the importance of reaching your community because that's why you're here. <laughs> um, and I commend you guys for taking that first step and um, or second or third step, wherever this is, along the line of, um, of reaching your community. Um, we want to help you guys 
connect with your community. Um, and just because the gospel is always relevant doesn't mean you are. I heard that um, that quote not too long ago, and that kind of really struck me. <laughs> like the gospel is always relevant, but it's how um, we allow the the gospel to saturate our lives, and how we um, allow the gospel to be presented through us to our community. Um, and so we want to help you guys create bridges for sharing the gospel in your community through service. And Matthew. Um, five, 16 says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, and so we want you to find what works for your church. Um, obviously, every church has a different um, set of resources, volunteers, community needs. Every church is unique in that way. And so what works for us may not work for you, but I think every, um, every community definitely has needs. And so... It's kind of like you got to study your community and figure out what your community needs um, and and how you can best um, connect with them. And so our goal today is to help you identify practical and meaningful ways to connect with your community. Um, so reach the unchurched community. We're going to kind of go through a whole bunch of ideas, kind of share what it looks like, um, how to kind of do it. And um, I think, Roger, you're going to start... Yeah. Start off with these. Okay. And again, when Juliana and, and I both came to First Baptist Jonesboro, we both were given a blank wall to uh, to just dream with. Uh, we were very privileged to be able to say, "All right, dream, pray, but dream about God, what God would have you do." I started. I did 14 years of middle school ministry before I ever got to where I'm at now. But out of middle school ministry grew community communities response like. Uh, we do community changers, which is kind of our own version of world changers that I know everyone's familiar with. Uh, we do our own homeschool ministry on Tuesdays, where we take homeschool kids out and we do uh, lawn care. And we've been doing that now for 16 years. I think I'm saying that right. No, 17 years, pardon me. Every week, once a week, going out cutting grass with kids. I started with a whole new flock of kids the other day and I realized I got 6th and 7th grade kids that uh, they've only been around riding lawnmowers now for maybe four weeks. And I told them, I said, next week, I said, we're doing all the yards in one afternoon. And they're like, wow, okay. But it's a big deal, and it's a unique deal. And again, like as I said, we were given somewhat of a blank slate uh, when we both arrived. Um, out of what I've done uh, just in the past year and a half, um, when Hurricane Irma was hitting the Carolina coast, uh, here were here were my, here was our church hosting a men's breakfast, and everybody's sitting around. There's that two fifties and one fifties and three fifties all parked out in the parking lot, and I'm like, here here are our guys. We're sitting around chatting and praying. Here's two other churches 20 miles down the road hosting um, people that were being evacuated from the coast, and it really bothered me. I'm like, well, wait a minute, why aren't we doing something? We were we were very instrumental when Hurricane Katrina. Um, came and hit New Orleans, we had people coming to Jonesboro, okay? So, um, again, through prayer and just through, just I actually just kind of presenting it to the leadership, hey, we need to be doing something. Can you show, can you demonstrate to us that this will work? Yes, and it works. And we've got folks that are bought in. And, uh, but anyway, let me just, let me, let me stay off the rabbit trails here. Uh, homeschool ministry. Told you a little bit about that. Again, we go out. We've been doing that now for about 16, 16 years, and it goes well every week. Maybe a great day of service. Also, 
take maybe, uh, take your folks and uh, plan something quarterly, if not annual, maybe once a month. Maybe it's a second Sunday serve. Maybe it's uh, on a Sunday night because we don't want to miss Sunday morning. But maybe where you go out and you do something on Sunday night as a church, get together, play to your church's strengths and uh, where your people have got time. If you're in a small town where everybody works, you know what? You're not going to pull off anything in the middle of the week. But maybe come Sunday night, maybe you can get folks together to go out and go serve somewhere and do something. Or if you've got a group of retired guys, maybe they can... Uh, pull together to go do some sort of weekly project. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. What those ladies there yes. are doing for that, they're the great day of service. They mm -hmm. were one of, we had like 30 something right. students going out and doing stuff. All they did is they went door to door, um, knocked on people's doors and said, hey, would you mind if we raked your yard for you? We don't accept tips, nothing like that. We just want to serve the people in our community. We're from First Baptist Jonesboro. Mm -hmm. God loves you. And people were like blown away. Like, I'm sure, like, I would love somebody to come, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, rake my yard. So people were kind of blown away by that. And that's just like one of the many projects that we did. So mm -hmm. just get creative and find some stuff that would really bless your community. The Evangelistic Block Party. Um, again, we do that on typically one night during Community Changers when we host that locally. A Christian school there in Locust Grove gives us their facility for free. The churches of the association will come together. There will be five or six churches will come together. And we only charge our students $49 for the week. And any of you have, that have ever gone off and done uh, done a, another big mission project with one of the other, you know, like a world changer some, or something like that, you know what it costs. I don't believe in charging kids a whole bunch of money to go out and share their love of Jesus Christ. That's just my personal belief. So we look for ways to be creative about going as cheap as you can, first class as you can. And so that's, again, it's our area and what we've been able to see work. And a lot of, a lot of youth pastors from outside of where we live, they kind of scratch their head and like, how do you pull that off? We took kids down to Panama City this past spring doing community changers, but we took it on the road because of the need. And we went down to Wewahichka, Florida, or Wewa. Still, we charged our kids 49 bucks, and all it was was for the uh, food and the T-shirt. Church, uh, the church stepped up and provided the vans and the gas. So you can get creative with this stuff, and you can go out and take your kids and show them a real, a real missions experience without having to go all the way around the world. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. In the black party, forgive um, me. Uh, we do that one night during during community changers. And it's always just a way of uh, telling the, telling that community thank you and just loving on them, doing a hot dog social or having the inflatables and that kind of thing like you see there. All right, coffee. Coffee speaks a universal language and brings people together. Mm -hmm. I think just about every country, no matter where you are, every country has coffee. And, and even if you're not a coffee drinker, like I'm, I, I have to have a lot of cream and sugar in my coffee to make it taste good for me. Um, but even if before I started drinking coffee, I would go have coffee, like go to coffee with my friends. You know, I'd go um, connect with people over a cup of coffee. Um, I get hot chocolate or something else. You know, um, but there are many ways to use coffee to reach your community and connect with your community. One of them, um, just a pop-up coffee cart. Um, I've seen several other churches do this, um, and what they do is they, we have not done this one, um, but I'll, I'll love this idea, is they'll get like a, a cart, they can get like the, um, what are the carafts or whatever with the mm -hmm. big things of coffee, um, some cups, and they can set it up somewhere, um, you could talk to 
um, a local courthouse, see if they could serve coffee, um, go to a school, serve the teachers coffee, do something like that, just have a little pop-up coffee cart and just um, serve your community in that way. Um, another one is a mobile coffee trailer. Um, Roger actually knows, knows these people. Right, that's, um, I went to Columbia Bible College in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, the dean there at the time, um, uh, Brian Beyer, his son Matt, that's his daughter's uh, coffee trailer. They took an old 16-foot Shasta camper that they got for next to nothing. And if you go to, um, go to gracecoffeecompany.com, I was looking at it because I wanted to be able to speak right on it. But you go to gracecoffeecompany.com, and uh, she, they took the little camper out, fitted it, and she's grown that ministry into, she's actually uh, doing... She's got one on campus, and she's just franchised her first Grace Coffee Company out in Greenville, South Carolina. So, but, but imagine if you roll that thing up to a park right. um, on a cold day or out in front of a business. Um, obviously, it's not selling coffee themselves. Um, or uh, a college campus, something like that, and just offer them free coffee. Um, of course, that's a, a good way to also invite them to something that's going on at your church, tell them about what else is going on. Um, the other thing, I know not a lot of churches are going to be able to do this, but our church, um, we owned a piece of property on Main Street, like a, a storefront, and it was just kind of sitting there for a while, and so finally had some other people help kind of like invest and fix it up into an actual coffee shop, um, and so now that is open six days mm -hmm. a week, um, and we've got like food, there's the coffee drinks, um, salads, that kind of stuff, but it's a place for people in our community to come and to meet together, um, and also a place for our church members to meet with people, and there's Bible studies going on there, there's mm -hmm. all kinds of um, connections and fellowship happening there, and also um, the employees are very, um, I guess the people we have working there, they are trained to kind of, I guess, read people as they're coming in, um, yeah, um, see, kind of like, you know, sometimes you can feel somebody's been having a rough day. You can just sense, like sense it. So they're they um, they're able to do that. If someone comes up and they can just sense that they've been having a rough day and like, hey, what's going on? Is there something I can pray for you for? Um, and we've just recently put like an actual prayer box with some cards that they can go and, and fill those out and drop them in there. And uh, we've actually gotten a, a pretty good response from it just in the past two weeks that it's been up, and we've been able to connect some people with Grief Share. Um, which we'll talk about later, um, and like One Way Ministry, which is a, um, addiction recovery, and some other uh, ministries in our church, and connecting with a pastor to talk with them, um, just because just they'll like break down crying, or the things that they write down on the card. Um, so that's been a neat um, way for us to connect with our community through having our, our doors on the, the front uh, main street there. Um, another thing you could do is Mom's Day Out. Um, so you could create the opportunity to serve mothers in your community by allowing them a morning or a day off while you get to minister to their kids and teach them about Christ. Um, so not only are you serving the parents, but also you have those kids for that, for however long <laughs> of time that is, and you get to teach them, Jesus loves me, you get to teach them Bible stories, whatever, because obviously people know that they're dropping their kids off at a church, um, and they expect them to, to hear the gospel there. Um, so you get to minister to those kids as well as the parents. Um, and so you could also think about um, if your community, if both parents in your community like work, I know in our community a lot of times like both parents are working. Um, and so you could maybe do a Saturday morning or something because a lot of people have Saturdays off or just kind of see what your needs are in your community and kind of work around that, have maybe a night, a date night or something allow people in your community to, 
drop their kids off and then go have date night together. Um, this one sounds really weird, drive-through prayer. Has anybody heard of this before? No? Okay. <laughs> I recently heard about this one and we're actually going to get our staff um, to do that, to try it out first and see, um, see how it works in our community. So basically you set up an area along a busy street and have people out by the road the holding up signs, um, like turn in for prayer, like that one says like, um, had a rough day, <laughs> you know, pull in for prayer. And, um, and we'll have tents set up with uh, our church staff ready and willing to be able to pray for these people and pray with them. So they pull up, or they're able to share their prayer requests. They give them a bottle of water, maybe some cookies or something, um, and just spend time praying for them and with them and um, really connect with them in that way and meet that need, show that we care about those in our community. Um, and so that's something we're planning. As soon as it cools off a little, it is way too hot <laughs> to be standing outside for so long. Um, but we're going to be doing that probably the next couple months. So I'm excited to, to um, take our staff through that. Um, so yeah, it sounds really weird, but I've heard from several other churches that have done it that it's really effective um, and people are very surprised um, that the church is willing to kind of, I guess, get outside their walls in that way, you know? Um, all right. Recreation outreach. Um, you know, I know, I remember back in the late 70s, a big deal was a lot of churches, they built family life centers, they built the family center. And maybe through the years, the building's not used, maybe it's not even used as much. Um, First Baptist Jonesboro built their recreation outreach center three years before I got there in 2000. And if that building had an odometer on it, it would have probably flipped about 12 times by now. Uh, the building is used continuously all the time. It's used by senior adults, it's used by students, it's used by local folks coming in at lunchtime going just walking. You walking around the two uh, basketball gyms. Uh, there's two gyms in there and they have walking tracks around them. But um, I remember my first, I guess I'd been there six months, we were doing our first D-Now weekend and a lady from the newspaper came over and she goes, I'd like to ask you a question. I want, we're going to do a story on this area. She says, why has the crime rate in this area dropped 25%? I said, ma'am, you're probably standing in the reason right now because the people know that this is a safe place to come to. And our Wednesday nights, and our, even during the week, looks nothing like a Sunday. Sunday is just plain old lily white. It's, it's, it's all the church folks, they come there. But during the week, we've got the homeless, we've got students coming in for Wednesday night, we've got people coming in in need, and particularly in the wintertime, we'll, they're easy to spot, the, uh, the homeless folks, they come in, they're looking for something, they're looking for a place to get out of the cold. And we let them go and sit in a little cafe area. If they're hungry, we keep food back in the kitchen. Uh, oftentimes, like the little microwave meals, things like that, maybe some biscuits, and we always keep some Burger King or Wendy's or Bojangles coupons right there to give to them as well. But they know that this is the rock is a safe place that they can come to and hang out. And we don't and we don't tolerate any of the stuff either. People get decide they want to get uh, wordy and use words and things that they ought not do. We we used to have a um, from Lay's potato chips right there in Jonesboro. We would have third shift guys come in at uh, eight o'clock in the morning. They'd come in there and play basketball for about an hour and a half. And occasionally they would get a little aggressive, and we would have to go up and look, guys, look, we get it, but this is a church facility, and we want to minister to you guys by, by way of just letting you play basketball, but you got to watch your mouth. And they respect that, because they recognize, hey, they get to come in here for free and hang out, and it's even in the wintertime when it's cold, 
and and they and they we apologize, sir. It happened again, kind of thing. So they they're good with it. You know, it's 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 the way you open your doors and the way you uh, you speak to folks. Uh, it goes a long way in your community. And uh, you go to you go into some gas station right there in the community and go in there and fill up or go buy something. Hey, you work over there at the church, don't? You? Yeah, that's me. Thank you so much for the rock. It's a it's a really it's a big deal. From seven in the morning to seven at night, the section on Wednesday closes at five for student activities. Yeah. So. Yeah, and most of the people who come in are from our community and are yeah. not members of our church. Yeah. Um, that so we're somebody's in there all the time. We have volunteers, volunteers that staff it. Yeah. So. Um, and also, I know uh, uh, most of our equipment, I believe, was donated by um, a gym that was updating all of their equipment, and they—I don't know if they donated all of it or so, if we got it like well, a really so it good was deal. Brand new, but we've got a few okay. pieces that has been. Yeah, and so a lot of times, like, if money is short and you're like, that is never something we could do, like, go talk to some of the gyms and see if they're, like, on the, the verge of updating stuff and be like, hey, keep us in mind. We're here to help take, <laughs> we mm -hmm. can take these off your hands because some of them, I, I would imagine, they, they're kind of trying to figure out where to put all the old stuff. So um, you could ask, ask around. Oh, I'm sorry, GED classes. Um, we've got a number of folks in our community, a lot of, uh, of homeschool home students that have to get the GED. We've got a number of kids that have dropped out of school, some adults. And uh, we've also got a lot of retired educators and some active educators that, are, uh, that come there on Wednesdays. And so one of the things that we made available was GED classes, not knowing what kind of response we would get. First of the first semester that we hosted it, room was full. We didn't realize so many people did not have their high school diploma. And so that's one of those active things that we've kept going over time uh, throughout the years that uh, just offering GED because you never know who's going to need it. I know I read somewhere the other day where there was a guy, um, it, was a, um, it was a maintenance guy at a school that he did not have his high school diploma. And the, and the only thing that was holding him back from being the head supervisor of, of the maintenance team at the school was the fact he did not have his high school diploma. They made sure he got it. It's, I mean, it's the simple things like that. Um, you never know. Something that, another one of those little simple things that you can offer. Yeah. Uh, this next one, we have not done this yet, um, but this is something that I want to do at our church, uh, maybe in the new year. It's called a, well, obviously it was in Nashville where this one took place, where it kind of started, called Awaken Nashville. And it started with one church, and their goal was to pray for every single person in Nashville. Now then they started realizing how many people are actually in Nashville. Like, wow, this is a lot for us. <laughs> you know, each person's gonna have like two, three hundred people to pray for. So like, we wanna make it a, a smaller number so we can really focus on praying for these people as the Lord leads. Um, and, and they also write postcards to those people. Uh, so they end up kind of talking to a few other churches and a few other churches, and those few churches turned into two to three hundred churches in Nashville who divided up everybody, and they, um, they, had 50, they reached, each person was given 15 names that they were going to pray for. Um, so they spent 30 days praying and fasting over these names um, that, that they had been given. They were the only person who had those names. They prayed for them, prayed for them, prayed for them. And then towards the end of the 30 days, they all wrote postcards 
to those people. Um, now imagine if, if you don't really have any affiliation with the church, you don't know anything, all of a sudden you get like a handwritten note from someone as you're saying like, hey, I just want to let you know for the past 30 days I've been praying for you, your name. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get a lot of stuff um, when we first moved into our house. I got all kinds of stuff, and it was all, like, pre-printed stuff. And I was like, oh, cool, that's nice, that's nice. But, you know, to have something, I never got anything handwritten. That would have blown me away. Um, and I think that's something that people would notice. Uh, yes, ma'am? Where did they get the names? Um, yeah, you can get that. Um, what is the office? Do you know the office? Um, there, there is a way to get the names and addresses of everybody. That's how you get on like all the mailing lists, how you get um, like the car dealership mail stuff. I cannot remember the, the name of it. Direct Does it give you the name of everybody yeah. in the house or just the... What you were talking about, direct mail. The direct mail through mm -hmm. the post office. Yeah. It's yeah. just the name of one person. Um, so what, what they do is they'll actually put together all the packets and everything for you. There is a way for you to do it on your own that would probably be cheaper because I think they do it like $20 for a packet. What you could do is have everybody in church kind of have like a buy-in. They purchase their own packet instead of the church up fronting the whole cost because that's a lot. <laughs> um, so I think um, I, I reached out to them and they said they would let us do some of the printing which would cut back on, on our costs. But um, they would actually, if you went through them, they would get you the, um, the names and addresses of everybody and, and put them in packs um, of 15, 15 names in each pack for you. Um, but there is a way, um, I cannot, I'm blanking on what the name of the, is like the direct, direct mail. Yeah, the direct mail, so you'd be able to contact them and, and get all that information. Um, but it's awakennashville.com um, is the website. If you have any more questions about that, they've been super helpful to me in answering all my questions as I've been <laughs> learning more about it so that we can do it at our church. Um, all right, something else that we did, um, we did human trafficking rescue bags. We put together these bags to give to, uh, to our law enforcement, the police officers, the um, the emergency, like fire and emergency services, um, firefighters um, in our community, and actually they went all the way up like into the Atlanta um, system as well. And and this was something that they reached out to us about. They they said, hey, is there any way that y'all could help us with this? Because in the whole, um, I guess, just I guess uncovering of all that's going on in the human trafficking world. Um, and Atlanta being one of the hubs, they reached out to us and like, hey, all often we end up pulling somebody out and they sit in our office for hours. Sometimes they don't have a lot of clothes, so they're cold. Um, they don't have a hairbrush, they don't have a toothbrush, they don't have snacks, they don't, you know, like that kind of stuff. Or they're having to go out and buy it themselves to provide for these people who are um, pulled out of trafficking. And so they, they asked us, hey, it would be awesome if you guys could put together some bags for us. And so the first time we did it, we got, it was like over 200 bags. Um, there's things like snacks, water, toothbrush, toothpaste, towels, blankets, um, feminine hygiene products. Um, there's some gum in there. Um, there's a New Testament um, Bible. And then there's a handwritten note, um, just like a prayer in there, some scripture, just letting them know that they are being prayed for. We prayed over all the bags um, and then distributed them. Actually, we gave them to the um, Sergeant Sutherland, and she was the one who kind of spread them out to all the stations for us. 
the second, we've done it twice now. Um, we did so many the first time we were able to skip a year doing because like we still have a lot of bags. Thank you. Um, but we just did it um, earlier this year and packed, I think it was like 172 bags. Joy Prom is a special needs prom and demonstrates the, um, God's love by allowing this group to experience the night that they'll never forget. Long before Tim Tebow was ever even in Florida, okay, Joy Prom was going on. And um, it's been, at least we've been doing it now for 12 years. It started out of First Baptist Stockbridge, a group from there had the vision. And uh, they went up and went up to Providence Baptist up in Raleigh, saw Joy Prom up there and how it was done, brought the idea back to Stockbridge. And the way I became involved, I actually DJed it uh, for the first couple of times. And I still do, 12 years later, still DJing it right now. And, uh, but went from being the person just doing the music the person that's part of the leadership of it now. It's been adopted by our association uh, as a ministry event. If you go to vimo.com, I'm going to give you something that you can look, look at a video that Salem Baptist posted of it last year. If you go to vimo.com and you type in maybe Joy Prom 2019, and you'll actually you'll see the video right there that uh, Gabe Walker made uh, from the Joy Prom, hosted at uh, Strong Rock Christian School back on March 17th of last year. But uh, again, these folks come have the time of their lives. And um, every year we'll have students come and serve. And they'll, afterwards they'll say, I had more fun at that than I did at home prom. The age range runs anywhere from about, we'll have sixth graders, excuse me, seventh graders volunteering all the way up through senior adults. And the senior adults, they even they come back and they'll be the next day at church, they'll be like, man, we had a blast, but I haven't done that in years. But uh, I know last year, uh, for at least for us at Jonesboro, we had probably about 27, and to have 27 volunteers from one church, and ranging in age from seventh grade to 68, 70 years old, I thought that was a big deal. A lot of the older adults will allow them to be at the greet, they'll greet at the front door and welcome them, welcome the uh, guest. Uh, and on the red carpet and just cheer them on and everything. We come on through and there'll be a shoe shine station for the guys, makeup for the girls. Uh, they're partnered with uh, volunteer students that will say if you come in there and you're a guy, well, you'll be partnered with a young lady for the night and then vice versa. If you're a young lady, you'll have a guy with you for the night. There are about 12 different areas you can volunteer in. And uh, it, is, it's, it is a ministry to those in that community. There's, a, uh, I think, a four-county area that is represented that we minister to on that particular night. And uh, all the decorations, uh, we start with decorations left over from my youth pastor and his wife at their Bliss Ball over in Florence, South Carolina. We bring all that back, and then we take it and multiply it times about four, and we'll get four of the churches involved, and we'll spend January and February making decorations. And so on the, on the night or the night before, we've got decorations aplenty. Um, businesses, uh, it, ha it only has a budget of about a thousand bucks. But all the Chick-fil-A's there and there, there are about five or six Chick-fil-A's that get involved with either you're responsible for nuggets, you're responsible for strips, you're responsible for plasticware, that kind of thing for the night of. But then on the other hand, you got the uh, volunteers, they got to eat. So Shane's Rib Shack comes in and says, hey, I'll take care of the volunteers. And then we're like, well, wait a minute. We're down here volunteering on the night before and everybody's got to go to Wendy's to eat. 15th Street Pizza says, hey, wait a minute. 
I want to feed. I want to feed on Friday night all the volunteers that decorated the place. And so you start networking on this thing, and it's huge. But you don't have to have much of a budget because you've got all these businesses and people that kind of hear hear about it, and they're like, "Hey, let me help out." And so that's exactly what they do. So, they hear something exciting going on and they can't help but want yeah, to be part of it. Yeah, that one particular picture right there in the lower right, I think that was last year, and or excuse me, no, that was two years ago, and that was about 275 or 200, no, excuse me, 281 volunteers. That upper left was just the people from our church, from Jonesboro, and the theme was Candyland. And, uh, and they had an absolute blast. And I tell you what, any 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 group that does it, you will be blessed by the end of the night just hosting something like that for those folks. And we don't miss the opportunity to uh, share the gospel that night right there purposely, right in the middle. We'll have one of the local pastors, youth pastors, someone make sure that we share the gospel with those folks. And it's a, it really is a blast. Awesome. All right, we're going to uh, go through a few ideas of reaching a community and civic leaders. Uh, the first one is adopt a fire station or a police station. We encourage, um, like we have all five of our um, Jonesboro fire stations adopted by a Sunday school class. So I approached them, um, uh, back when, when we first had this idea, uh, approached them, the whole, all of the um, Sunday school leaders and said, hey, do we have five classes that would be willing to step up and adopt a station? Here's what it means. Um, and so we encourage them once a month to make a point of contact with that station. So some of the classes they send, you know, like, okay, this week you're going to go this week, or this month you're going to go, this month you're going to go, this month you're going to go, and they take a pan of brownies, or they'll take um, Chick-fil-A breakfast sandwiches, or they'll take a bunch of Gatorades, um, different things like that. Um, but we have one class that went like above and beyond every month. What they do is they go have breakfast together at Chick-fil-A and then they've all worked together to create some sort of like a gift basket or something to give them. But they go have fellowship breakfast together, which I think is really cool that they do that. And then they all go to the station together. They bring all their kids, grandkids, whoever they have, they take them with them because the guys in the station they not only just love company, guys and ladies in the station, they not only just love like when people come, um, they also, they love kids and they love giving kids the tour of the station, get, let the kids dress up and, um, and, and they the, love the gear and everything. The pole too. Yeah. <laughs> um, let them climb on the, uh, um, on the track, honk the horn, that kind of stuff. They love that. Um, and that's, I love that they go as a group every time. Not only are they, they building those relationships with each other, but they're the same people going back every month, and that's continuously building that relationship over and over and over, like that same point of contact, they get to know them, the same people. Um, and so that same class that goes above and beyond and, and does that, um, I think it was one Father's Day, uh, the Father's Day when we first started this, they called and like, hey, just want to let you all know, we want to come grill out for you on Father's Day. Would that be okay? The guy said, absolutely, that'd be awesome. And they said, do you have a grill um, that we can use? And they said, oh, we used to, but it just like broke and we don't have, so right now we don't have a grill. So what they did, uh, well, they said, you know what, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, just, we'll have something for y'all. We'll, we'll get you off some food. So they show up with a brand new grill for the station. The Sunday school class, they pulled their own money together and did that and the next year they bought them all new beds um, for all like that they sleep on over sorry his mattresses mm -hmm. um, because they had asked him what is something that y'all need 
um, in your station and they said well actually our mattresses are pretty pretty bad they're kind of like torn up we don't sleep really well on them and so they went out and found the measurements and everything and bought them all brand new mattresses for all of their beds um, and they continuously are like just blowing the station away with God's love um, and so they're doing and doing a great job um, with that so definitely um, bring the kids um, they love that and every time I've gone to one of the stations like usually you know you stand there you ring the doorbell and you would expect like, one person to come see who it is it's always like all of them come to the door to see who it is <laughs> you know I don't know if they're expecting like an emergency or something but they all come out there and they're like oh hey you know like so I don't know if they get really bored there or not but um but I know they just like work out watch their training videos and then just like hang out so they always seem very excited when people come I want to point out in that one on the upper right that's our eighth grade department so that's students adopting that station uh, station eight right there or excuse me station three there in Jonesboro and then also we're Baptist how many of y'all do the Thanksgiving dinner on the Sunday night before Thanksgiving anybody in here y'all do that yes y'all do food yeah <laughs> okay just making sure you're awake uh, when you do your Thanksgiving dinner go ahead and have, uh, prepare some extra food go ahead and plan it mm -hmm. and then that way you can go ahead and deliver it to that local fire yeah. station that's the that's the easiest that you could do We've done for those guests. Four years, I think. Yeah, four or five years. Uh, our hostess she always does the extra turkey and tater salad and all that stuff, and we make sure on that Sunday night they get a Thanksgiving meal. Um, take cookies to local businesses and government offices. This is something that's always very unexpected. I never call, let them know we're coming. I just show them like, hey, I'm Bruce Baptist Jonesboro. And we wanted to bless y'all with these cookies. Nobody ever says no to cookies. <laughs> I know there's a lot of diets and stuff going on right now, but I've never had anybody turn down cookies. So we'll go to schools, we'll go to the police stations, we'll go to City Hall, um, we'll go to the courthouse. Um, one time I went to the post office. This is probably one of my favorite encounters ever when I went to the post office. Um, there was a really long line. I happened to go right around lunchtime, so like everybody was there. And I'm standing there with like this big tray of cookies, like one of those big ones. And I'm standing there waiting in line holding this and all like there were three ladies there um, ready to like to you know check everybody out and they all are all like eyeing me saying like oh please I don't want her in my line don't want her in my line because they're trying to figure out how they're gonna package they're probably thinking I'm wanting to package this tray of cookies to get it hopefully in one piece to wherever wherever it's supposed to go so they're all like eyeing me and they're just like I don't want her in my lane um, so I finally get up there and the lady's like you're not shipping that are you <laughs> And I was like, no, this is for you guys. I'm from First Baptist Jonesboro. I just want to bless y'all and let you know that we love you. God loves you. And hope you have a great day. Um, and the lady, she was like, really? She was like, wow. And then she turned and she hollered to the back. She was like, hey, everybody, they brought us cookies. You know, First Baptist Jonesboro brought us cookies. Like everybody in line was like, oh, that's cool. And then everybody like comes out from the back, who I didn't even know that we're all back there. They all come out and they're all like real excited. And, um, and so that was that was one of my favorite things. And people always remember you went somewhere recently, and they're like, "Oh, you're, you guys are like the cookie people. You brought us cookies." <laughs> um, and so cookies always bring a smile to people's faces. Um, DFACs. We have gotten involved um, with our local DFACs office. And there is a huge need there. Um, does anybody work with the, their DFACs office? Um, Okay, find out who they are, get in there, find a contact person, um, and they could really use some loving on. Um, 
the social workers, they have the highest turnover in jobs. Like they, they don't last long in their jobs because of the high stress. The things they encounter, what they see, um, it's very stressful and they definitely could use some encouraging and um, and they, we are, they say we're our, First Vibes Jonesboro is their biggest fan right now. We, we, um, we'll do things like take them a, a meal, like we hear they're having like a, a big um, meeting or something and we'll offer to take them breakfast or something like that, just biscuits or something. Um, you can host an appreciation event at your church. We partnered with them to have a foster parent appreciation um, dinner, like event. We watch their kids in our recreation outreach center, and then on the other side in our fellowship hall, we um, treated the parents to a nice meal. We had a gift from our church um, and just really loved on them. They they planned a whole program with a speaker and music and all that stuff. So we kind of worked hand in hand. We had a photographer there to take the parents' pictures um, because the foster parents don't get time by themselves a lot because um, they have to have special um, like people who've been trained to watch the kids and all that stuff so it's a big deal to, to be able to get out. Um, you can provide them with snack items that's something that they originally asked us for that was kind of like our entry point to working with them. Um, the, we, we have a food pantry and so we would collect we would set items aside like the little instant cup of mac and cheese little fruit cups um, juice boxes, things like that. Sometimes we get baby food in, so we would set those things aside, um, some of them, set them aside, and then we'd take them over to them because they have kids who come and sit in their office for a long time, like hours, and sometimes they're there overnight, um, and one of the DFAX workers has to stay with them overnight because um, we don't have it at um, foster homes. And so they also have a room where the kids kind of wait, and so every once in a while they're like, hey, if you guys have any like new DVDs, or they needed a TV one time, or um, just some toys, new things in there um, for the kids to play with because things get old pretty quickly. Um, just ask them what their needs are and follow through with that. Um, the, they will not be shy in telling you what, what some of their needs are. Um, and then you can also get volunteers trained and certified to babysit the foster kids so the parents can have a night out. Um, Okay, we'll move on to talking about how to reach schools, get into schools. Are any of y'all, um, is your church like working with a school, partnered with a school? Yep. Yeah? Okay. Awesome. Uh, what do y'all do? We have what's called, as I am in Jenkins County, Mill and Make a Difference on Thursdays and Fridays. I go in there with, uh, have to have room consent, mm -hmm. and 4-H allows us to go into annex building, so we'll quote unquote off of campus. Okay. And they get to school, because uh, it's a Title I school, they get a sack, the sack lunch through the school, and then I do a devotional with them, and then I take cool. them back to class. And awesome. I'll, and we'll kick it off uh, Labor Day week. So, we, so right now, school's in session. We have to start right after Labor Day. Okay. We'll start it up. Neat. That's pretty cool. Um, one of the things that our schools have told us is they need volunteers to go on field trips. Um, a lot of our teachers, because the, the parental involvement is so low, they don't have volunteers to go on field trips. So a lot of times the parents would be the ones to volunteer. And so um, what what they were asked for us is to send some people to go because if, the, if there are no volunteers, the teachers can't go on field trips and the kids don't get that experience. So like, please, if you have anybody, send them our way. So. In regards to that, just uh, I don't know if y'all aware of this, but uh, 
they do. There is a demand, but because we're living in a day of child protection, if you want to look at it, you need to be aware that you will be asked to do a background check. Yes, yeah. and fingerprint. That's very important for y'all yep. to be aware of. Yes, background check, fingerprint. Um, that's considered like a level three volunteer. Level one volunteer is kind of you're just like you're at the school, maybe like serving in the media center or somewhere where there's other staff around. But if you're like one-on-one -on -one with kids or going off campus with the kids, you have to be level three um, volunteer. But yes, good, good point there. Um, but regardless, you have to have a big background check, but fingerprinting for level three. Um, okay, volunteer in the media center. This is how I kind of got my foot in one of the, uh, the doors at one of our schools, the Jonesboro Middle School is um and it just kind of ran into the media specialist and she was like i am underwater i could really use a volunteer and my friday mornings were open i was like i can come for about two hours on friday morning and help and so i was sitting there i'd help check books in you know it was so, very easy i pretty much just sat there a lot or i just went and like put the put the books back on the shelves um but through that i was able to build a really neat relationship with the media specialist and so remember like all of us were talking about it's awesome to like do stuff to be busy and like have a have a busy church doing a lot of things, but it's all about the relationships you're building and those connections um, to be able to share the gospel. Um, and so I got to build a really neat relationship with the media specialist, Ms. Wright. And um, shortly after, she ended up going through um, a really hard time with something in her life that I had actually experienced about a year before. And so she, we got to the point where she trusted me enough to be able to share that with me, and I was able to relate with her and say, like, listen, this is, I went through the exact same thing, and be able to walk with her through that and share Christ with her. Um, and now even, like, the ladies in the, the front office, they all know I'm from the church, and they're all excited to see us every time we come. But, um, but I love those, those times where... You just get to slow down and have those those meaningful conversations, and the media center is a good spot to have those. <laughs> um, okay, so mentor students. We started something called Impact Mentoring. Um, I'm a homeschool kid, and me going into public school, I've kind of been lost in this whole thing. I was like, God says, you need to go. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and the principal at Jonesboro Middle School said, and another um, in elementary school said that they wanted a mentor program. Idea how this works. I don't. I don't even know. So this has kind of been a wild ride that God's been taking me on. Um, but about the same time that the principal said he wanted us to do a mentor program, somebody in my church said, "Hey, have you heard what this other church is doing? They're doing a mentor program. How cool would that be if we had something like that here?" And so I was able to contact um, North Point Church and hear about what they're doing. I actually went to their training. Um, I was able to email back and forth, talk to them in person uh, about what they, they're they doing. They were able to give me a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of their resources. We could tweak it to make it work in Jonesboro. And, um, and so now we have impact mentoring that we meet with the students twice a month, every other week, and go through a character study guide with them. It has like an activity, it has a game. Um, has some suggested books to read. Um, they do homework if the student needs help with homework and sometimes they don't do the guide at all. Sometimes that kid has something else that they need to talk about, um, which is something Roger did a lot. Roger is one of, the, um, one of our first mentors and um, he had the same boy, uh, Nadir, twice, like two different, two years and um, yeah, and really got to build a neat relationship with him and, and, um, and 
first of all, the students, we work with the, the counselor. And so the students that we see, um, that, that they get matched up with our mentors, they're the ones that the counselor sees the most often, usually because they're in trouble for something. Um, and so at the end of the year, when I talk to the counselor, and I was like, how are things going? Have you seen a difference? And she's like, you know what? All those kids, like, I don't see them anymore. I don't see those kids that we sent to you. <laughs> um, which she kind of took a moment to pause, like, wait a second. Like, it's working. Because a lot of these kids, they get in trouble because they need attention. Um, and that's why they're acting out. Because they just want someone to notice them. And so to have someone one-on-one -on -one to sit down with them, say, like, hey, you got a C-plus on your, your math. Great job. That's an improvement from last time. Or, you know what, you're, you're bringing your grades up. I noticed that you didn't fight that time when you could have. That's an improvement. You know, you know like just to, to notice the small changes, notice the small things about their life, and to have someone that they can talk to and someone who's going to listen. Um, sometimes these kids will be skeptical. I had someone look at me like, why are you here? You know, are you in trouble? Is this community service or something? Why, why are you here with me? And I was like, no, I'm here because I believe in you, and I want to help you reach your fullest potential. Um, I want to add in Christ <laughs> onto that, but in the public schools you can't, um, unless the student asks or says something that brings you to that, which we have had um, this, uh, this past year, the student that Roger had for two years, he was in eighth grade um, this past year, and his mentor was able to lead him to the Lord on school property <laughs> during school hours um, because the student started asking the right questions. Um, and I could talk a lot about this because um, it's kind of been like one of my babies uh, other than this one. But <laughs> yes, ma'am. What, what was the materials that you said you used? Yeah, um, we created our own um, like character guides. So we would focus on generosity one month, honesty another month, and um, and if you come get my, um, like, or I can get your email address, one of the, we can exchange email addresses if you're interested and I can send those to you, because I believe in churches helping each other and sharing everything, so <laughs> so just let me know, um, and I can, I can send those to you. Um, but yeah, I could talk a lot about that, and if the kids ask the right questions, you can share with them. If they say, hey, what do you believe happens when someone dies? That's a green light for you to say, well, I believe this. Um, and you can't get in trouble for that. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, yeah. That was pretty Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, sponsor, you had something to add on to that. Yeah, different. Okay, sponsor a school club. Um, there's like Young Life, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Those are usually middle school, high school. There's also Good News Club um, for elementary school. There's a lot of different school clubs something like what you're doing um, that you can do um, and be able to share the gospel during that time with the students. Um, so check those out. Um, there's a lot of other ones out there that you can do as well. And yeah, mm -hmm. now it's you. Yeah, Dance Club. Um, if many, if you don't have ever been familiar with um, Chick-fil-A does All Pro Dad, uh, this is a little rip off on that because uh, it's free. And um, we started Dance Club uh, at Paints Creek Elementary School there in Stockbridge. Uh, I was on the PTO working uh, for about eight years while both my daughters were there. And it was always me and another dad down there always milling around, helping out on Fridays, doing something. And we got to talking one day and we realized we're the only dads down here until there's the fall festival or some big event. We need to start networking with the dads. And we did. And we put the word, we talked to the principal, she liked the idea, she trusted us this much to say, 
go ahead and go for it. Put a word out. So that weekly newsletter that they sent home, looking for dads that would be interested in being part of a dads club. It'll meet Friday, uh, Friday mornings, 8 o'clock in the cafeteria. If you're interested, call Roger Allen. They called me and they knew that I was a pastor. So they knew what was coming. We had about 18 or 20 dads show up normally about every other Friday to help out there at the school. They knew uh, we were going to do a Bible study and a prayer. We would do a short devotional for about maybe 10 minutes, prayer time, and then we would hang out there at the school. Sole purpose of helping the teachers, helping the administration, everything from pushing a broom to working in the office. And that's what we did. So that when that fall festival came along and those old, when all those mamas would normally scramble to figure out, hey, what are we going to do? Here's the dads right there. We're already on top of it. And so uh, it was funny how it evolved over the years. And that by the time when I, when it was my last year there, there was a well-known machine of dads and ready-made set of volunteers there that were ready. That were ready. And uh, Ms. Flournoy, the principal there at the time, she was, she, she would come up say, and she was a class act, but she'd come up and give me a big hug and said, Mr. Allen, thank you so much for this. Uh, that was just, it was a big time ministry uh, to that school and they've still got it going on today. So, and again, it's something very simple, but you've got to have the relationship with the school in order to pull off something like this. And just dads, go volunteer. You could also do if you have um, a lot of grandparents, people yeah. who aren't working, right. they've retired, take them, get a group together, they go sit and they read to the students, they help out in the classrooms as needed, they help out in the media center, you know, just like a school, hey, we've got 10 people, five people, they're here to serve your school, what can they do? And let them um, kind of have grandparents club, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay, first day of school, we've done this the past like four years um, at several, I think about three of our um, three of our local schools. It's hard to try to get to everywhere because um, they all kind of start at the same time or the times overlap um, at the, the elementary and middle schools. Um, but volunteer on the first day of school to welcome the students back. You're given high fives, you can hand out pencils or school supplies. Um, there's one of the times we had like a red carpet out, we had some music, we were all just like dancing as the students are coming in. You got parents that are nervous for like the little kids. The little kids are nervous, they got their cool little backpacks or brand new shoes and everything, they're walking in like, look like they're about to drop crocodile tears any moment. Because um, it, it can be a little overwhelming, but just having some smiling faces there and like, hey, you know what, you're going to have a great day today. Everything's going to be awesome. And I'm um, just wishing parents as they're leaving, bye mom, see you later, like hope you have a great day. Um, that kind of stuff, it makes a difference and the school loves having that energy there so the kids are coming in a better attitude, better mood, um, and just kind of brightens everybody's day. Um, okay. Let me, um, I'm just going to describe the, um, the atmosphere around Jonesboro and then for this next one and you apply it to yourself, you apply it to your church. We have, I think it's nine different language speaking congregations that meet somewhere on our campus during the course of the week. So, with that said, English is a second language class uh, that you can offer, all right? Uh, maybe open your facilities to ethnic congregations to meet on campus. Uh, I know of at least one, in, one church in Clayton County where uh, the ethnic congregation actually outnumbered uh, the regular <coughs> congregation that met at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, okay? Our Hispanic congregation at our church, Victoria Cristo, it moved into a church and the church was just dying up on Upper, upper Riverdale Road. And so and what happened was those people came to us and they said, 
we're about to croak. And so they went ahead and they just, as a congregation, they came to, they just came to Jonesboro, gave us the keys. We wound up in turn two weeks later, uh, Victoria Cristo goes over there and moves in with 250 people. Just that quick. And so now that facility has legitimate use in that neighborhood again. And it's reaching that community. Host multilingual Bible studies. Uh, during the week, look for ways to reach out to the different language congregations. Now, if you're in South Georgia, I don't know what's down here. But, you know, there's there's people around, different small groups that may need it. I, maybe there's a lot of Spanish-speaking folks down here. I don't know. But I know in, in the South Atlanta area, French Creole, Cambodian, um, obviously Hispanic, and there's like several other ones I can't remember. But they're all over the place, and they need some place for community. Open your church to it. It's a, it's a big deal, and you'll grow from it as well. Reaching the homeless and the struggling folks in your community. We've got, we've got uh, two groups of men that go, they're either down in Butts County at the prison down there, or they're in the Atlanta prison on Wednesday nights doing Bible study. Uh, yes, jailhouse ministry. And uh, those guys in there, they are craving a positive word because seven days a week they're not getting anything positive other than being told what to do. And so for somebody to come and share the love of Jesus Christ with them is an extremely big deal. And those guys come back and they'll tell us on Sundays about what took place on Wednesday night and the number of people that, that prayed to receive Jesus. And we're sitting there and we're wondering, here we are with this big old building and we get, if we're doing good, to get one, two, three to come down on Sunday morning, they've got 10 or 15 praying to receive Christ on Wednesday night at the prison. So anyway, homeless ministry. Homeless around the South Atlanta area is a big deal. Uh, we've got a lot of it coming in our church, which I alluded to earlier, uh, where I work at in the missions office. I get a lot that come in on Monday and Wednesday afternoon. And oftentimes they're looking for a place to stay other than their car or under than the I-75 bridge. And so we will refer them to Calvary Refuge Center. And it is a homeless shelter that is um, our church, the Methodist Church, Presbyterian Church, the church, local churches there in the area because they will go and work the churches. And we were able to tell them the same thing. You need to go to Calvary Refuge. Oh, well, I was looking for a hotel. This is as good as a hotel. Because all the churches throw in together and they go and fund it and make sure that the food is good, the housing's good. Uh, they built a, a family a family emergency shelter so families can actually stay there. That's a whole separate building than the, than the other one. So um, Calvary Refuge, it's a big deal. Um, also making up those little... Um, the little bags right there for the homeless. Uh, we've got uh, children making those up now. Uh, obviously, putting the gospel presentation in there, but being able to put like toothpaste, toothbrush, and just toiletries in there because sometimes the very, very thing they need to do the most is get cleaned up. Uh, and that recreation center, that gym that we've got, maybe you have, open it up so they can take a shower and have a stack of towels there. What other, you know, the other thing I found out, a lot of people in the church, they have those old towels. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring you a sack and you'll have stacks of towels that you can give to the people so they can go back there and take a shower. Just a thought. Yeah. Okay. Alright, the uh, Pregnancy Care Center, I know a lot of communities have a Pregnancy Care Center. Um, partner with them. Find out what some of their needs are, whether it's volunteer, um, whether it's donations. I know ours has a clothes closet and so a lot of people donate um, some of their, like, old, their old baby stuff there um, and they're able to recycle them and use them to give to moms who come in and choose life. 
um, to be able to support them and love on them. You can also throw a community or a church-wide uh, baby shower, a diaper drive, um, wipes, clothes, toys, that kind of stuff. I think it would be really cool to have your whole community if you're, if you're a, a, a small community um, or a large community, but smaller community may work better. Um, just bring the whole community together to throw a baby shower for the Pregnancy Care Center. Um, so uh, you could also have people um, get or get certified um, as a counselor and go through the training to be able to counsel women who come in. Um, grief share is another thing that we've just started at our church and had uh, really great success with. It was something that we didn't really know how needed it was until we started it. Um, we... Let's see, the first night we had 20 people, um, and it was, we were originally aiming for about 12. You know, that was like the perfect class size, 12 people. Um, but people just started like coming and coming and coming and calling and registering, and 15 out of the 20 were not from our church. Think about it. Like, three-fourths of the people who came were not from our church. They heard about it, whether someone in the church told them, told somebody else about it, like, hey, I think this might be something good for you. And so people started coming. And um, we're only a couple, maybe like two months into it. Um, and, and it's already outgrown the room. Yeah, they we've now like had to like change. We had one room all decorated, ready, like it's been a nice peaceful room. And so now uh, we've had to move out of that room already <laughs> um, because we surpassed the number. We've had to like um, divide into two groups. And Grief Share is one of the best um, grief recovery support groups out there. It is a, um, y'all are getting the information about it, I think, now. It's, um, how it's run is there's a video that y'all walked together, and then there, um, there's a guide that goes with it. And so it's not one person having to get up there and teach the whole thing. The video does the teaching for you, and then there's discussion after it, so that takes a lot of pressure off like having to lead it. Um, but I think there's some information there about Grief Share. You can uh, look it up and, and contact them if y'all are interested in starting something like that um, at your church. But that's one of the best um, grief support groups that there is out there, the, the program. Um, so. Well, one-way ministry is uh, freedom from addictions and strongholds. There was one mother... Uh, and actually this started actually in the past maybe I want to say two months but there was a mother of two of our teenagers that had come on a Friday night just because she felt like she needed to be there but she had already cleaned up the house and done everything because she was actually planning to kill herself that night and for whatever reason God, God drew her to the church that night she came in and she talked about it house was cleaned up she was ready to go that night and she got in there and got around some friends for whom trusted her or she trusted and uh, got her to the help she needed. She was, uh, wherever the facility was, she was there for about six weeks. And her teenagers were being taken care of by church members. But it was just a, a single mom that the stress had just gotten to be too much for her. And, but this ministry right here, One Way, has taken off. Richie and his wife, Melissa, do a phenomenal job they're meeting right now tonight. That's going on. And the reason they meet on Friday nights for throwing us would think from seven to nine. He said that is the prime that's the prime hour from when people get home and they're thinking about what are they going to do next? And they're going to head to either top to get a twelve pack, twelve pack or a bottle of liquor or something and sit there and uh, get drunk. 
And so that was their paycheck. Right, they just got the check so they know they can go spend it on something like that. And that's why they purposely wanted to host this ministry during those hours on a Friday night. And it's a it's a phenomenal ministry. Yeah. It's any type of addiction, recovery, yeah. alcohol, and, uh, drugs, pornography, any of those. Yeah, and there's a, just a nugget of information there for you about it. If anyone wants more information, we do have just three of these. I couldn't find any more, um, but three of these, it goes into more detail if anybody wants wants one of those up here. Okay. Medical clinic, uh, where, I, where I serve at there in the missions office, we have a free medical clinic. And uh, one requirement is you don't have to have no insurance. And so we, uh, the Dr. Reynolds that's there, uh, him and uh, his staff are there every morning at 8 o'clock, or excuse me, or every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning there at 8 o'clock. They quit seeing patients at 10. And every, uh, every morning, pretty much their log has about 15 patients that they, have to, that they see. And uh, people needing insulin, people needing a prescription for this or needing to be seen for that. And Dr. Reynolds will do, he'll do referral for that. And we're blessed. We actually had we actually had the open space uh, underneath the rock. It used to be a parking area. And Dr. Riley Wells Riley had a uh, office right there adjacent to the property. And when he retired, he gave the church his building. And so, in honor of the Riley Clinic and him, we went ahead and just moved. Uh, you see there on the on the door of the Riley Clinic, we moved it right in there. That's what it's called. So, but uh, it's a it's a big time ministry to the community and those that need it. And uh, I can't I can't tell you. Oh, and the other thing, we have people that I'm, I know you're all familiar with faith and all that. And so we have faith teams that are in there also. And so they also use at the conclusion of the appointment, they'll take time to talk to the people about their their walk with Jesus Christ. And in most cases, when the clinic's closed at ten. There's people in there sharing Christ until about 11. So, any opportunity you can to get out the word of Christ. James Gang, this is a group of retired men from our church that they kind of come under our ministry, but more importantly, they get out and they minister to the needs of the community and beyond. They're also kind of a, a very neat thing. They're a ready-made, ready-made team that when we take our students and do spring break mission projects, local ministry projects here's a group of men right here that can immediately pour into our students who can show them how to run a skill saw how to run a reciprocating saw uh, use a chainsaw things like that and uh, I know some of you all like whoa they're doing that yes and they do it well because they take time with the students but they get out here and um, build a lot of ramps in fact right now they're working in La Costa trailer park which was giving mobile home park uh, in Lovejoy because so, home has underpinning. And so uh, they are working for uh, this lady, Wanda Berry. And she's about 83 years old. And uh, she wasn't able to get up and down those steps. But as of, to, uh, as of yesterday morning, she's got a ramp that she can walk down. And uh, James Gang's going back in there, and they're going to be working in her sitting room and kitchen this week, replacing the floor because it's got some soft spots. But these guys, over the years, I've lost count of the number of ramps. They built two big warehouses, one at the Calvary Refuge and one on our property for storage. But I've watched them do projects and it make you just scratch your head. And I'll tell you one quick funny one real quick. We've got a civil engineer and a Marine in that team. And when we were down in uh, Butts County at Jack at uh, Butts County, or excuse me, Jackson High School, 
Um, there was this lady, and she lived two miles from the $200,000 houses, but she lived in a house that looked like what uh, Jeff Rowe and Ellie Mae lived in before Uncle Jay got the old, okay? She, she had an outhouse out back that had four poles and a shower curtain and a piece of tin. So the civil engineer and this Marine got together, and uh, I, I, told her, I told them, take our seniors and just build her a new outhouse, okay? These guys come back and hand me the bill for $1,200. What did y'all do? They built her a two-seater outhouse. <laughs> Complete with magazines. <laughs> and we picked it up. They made handles for it. We set it on the trailer. We took it out there and put it in place for her. And this lady had uh, people would donate wood there for her to burn in the wood-burning stove kind of thing. And I'll never forget the look on her face when she saw that come up on the trailer. She's like, oh, mercy, I've got some place to go now and I won't, and I won't feel the wind. <laughs> so if you got a group of guys, and let me, something else about these fellas, in their younger days, these were the guys that, they were the electrician, they were the plumber, they were all these different uh, skills that they possess. They were the people that owned the company. So, but reach out to your church, reach out to your community. You never know if you've got, you can probably put together a group like this. Disaster relief. Is it in this room in the morning? Yes. Okay. So here's a shame, shameless plug for disaster relief. Uh, it'll be right here. Um, again, two years ago, we were, we were sitting at a men's breakfast in September, and all these guys are sitting around praying, and there's F-250s out in the parking lot. And I'm thinking down in Locust Grove and down in Hampton, they're hosting people down there that got, got blown out by Hurricane Irma. Why aren't we doing something? Out of that, we got involved and went to the pastor and associate pastor and said, we need to be involved in this. What is your plan? Let's do a shower trailer. How much does a shower trailer cost? Maybe about 25000 I was off a little bit. It was closer to thirty. But still, fast forward to last August, I had a couple of the fellows from the James Gang who helped build it. Roger, did we waste our time and money on this? Mike, just be patient. Fast forward about another 15, 20 days, Hurricane Michael shows up. And that trailer since has stayed in the road. It went down to Bainbridge, excuse me, went to Macon, Bainbridge, came back, went down to Weewahitchka, Florida, stayed down there, then went back to Panama City, came back, went to uh, Bremen, came back, hosted four teams at our church in the month of June. Um, it's getting ready to go back to Panama City, September 3rd, serve a week down there. Yes, ma'am. I can say as a former disaster relief member. Yes, ma'am. That those shower trailers are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I talked to the people in Bainbridge and they said, when you showed up with that trailer, you were like an angel. Because <laughs> they hadn't had a shower in three days. <laughs> Um, all right, so question and answer, is your church involved in your community, and if not, why? And then our challenge to you guys is what is one service that you could start at your church in the next few months? Um, so think about those things. Um, uh, we, gave, we gave you a buffet with plate dripping here this evening. You can take any, any number of these things back, and I guarantee you within 30 days you could have a ministry that you already do not have up and running. If you put God in the middle of it, start praying about it, get a group of people praying about it, and then to look at where everyone's talents are at, 
and then go for it. And it may it may be a mentoring ministry, it may be just going and volunteering at the school, or you may be blessed and turn around and get, get involved in disaster relief, but whatever it is, go do that one thing well and do it for the kingdom of Christ. Thank y'all. Do y'all have any questions? Any, any questions for us? And, and, and please understand, at least in my instance, I've been blessed. I've been October one will be 16 years, so that's how I've been able to have my you know, been a, be a part of a lot of this stuff. And Juliana is not missing it by much either. So we're just we're fortunate to be where we are. Still learning a lot. Like yeah. I learn so much from other churches, and all the time I'm trying to figure out. Like that's one. I love coming here. I'm like looking at all the bulletin boards like what are other churches doing I love mm -hmm. hearing what other people are doing and how they're reaching their community and I, I completely believe in churches helping each other and um, supporting each other and in ministry and giving each other ideas so like I, I feed off of that I love that so let me give you something else to write down to if you got any questions for either one of us go to fbcjonesboro.com that's important if you put .com because if you go to .org, you go to Jonesboro, Arkansas, and then that's, that's all we'll I'm saying. We get phone calls all the time. <laughs> but uh, we would love to talk to you if you got further questions We're on the website. Thank, Thank you. 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 Thank you.